Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we're watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. I'm Violet. And this week, which DVD did we watch? Aladdin, the animated one. The animated one in 1992. I feel as though that kind of got explicitly described because I was describing (laughs) the animated one, not the 2019 remake. I also want to say that this DVD was Blu-ray DVD. It's our very first Blu-ray DVD. We don't have a lot of those. It was our first one, even though we've had so many ads for buy this on Blu-ray and watch all these Blu-ray features. I think mom was a bit hesitant on buying them because they were A, more expensive. We don't have the ability to play them either. Well, Xbox does. There was like consoles that were coming out and like eventually, but when they first started coming out. Yes. And I think mom like brought up a good enough point when this technology was coming out. It was kind of on the outs, like DVDs were no longer really wanted and streaming was kind of like on the rise, I would say. You basically have a short time period where Blu-rays were trying to be big. And I'd say like that short period of time is five years. All things considered, that's a short amount of time. And DVDs still are produced and made. So Blu-rays technically never made DVDs extinct, unlike DVDs making VHSs, right? So this DVD is the Diamond Edition. And of course, it got re-released. It was re-released in 2015. I'm assuming that's kind of when we picked it up. I haven't looked into how long of a time period Disney releases their vault editions because I know, I remember TV commercials. It was like this giant Mickey Mouse vault and it would like come out and be like, this is coming out of the vault. And then it would advertise, advertise, advertise. And then they would be like, and it's going back into the vault. There's a last minute, like you you can only get it for so long, right? I'm wondering if it's a year's period of time because how... I feel like it's 10, but... 10 years? No, like for selling it. Oh, every 10 years and it's on for the year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But then you've got Frozen, who would never really go into the vault. Do you see what I'm saying? Like there's specific things. It might eventually. It might eventually. You are not wrong. But I'm wondering if it's quote unquote Disney classics that they only really, that have previously been released on VHS. Let's put it like that. That then are coming out of the vault and then going back in. But also streaming platforms. What are they going to do? Only play it on the streaming platform for that year? And then yeah, like... It's kind of not really a thing anymore. Yeah. So that's where this uh, Blu-ray disc kind of came from and like why it was purchased. I do also know mom was buying it because we had a really good size VHS collection of Disney movies. And so every time something was released that we owned on VHS, she would then just go and replace it. It didn't matter if I was in my mid-20s and she's like, yep, I'm just buying this. Yeah. Didn't matter if no one was really going to watch it. Um, So it sounds like they're available for two years and then goes in the vault for seven. Oh. So it's like almost every 10 years it will come out. Wow. Two years. This is basically 
However, there's special anniversary releases. So every 10 years or so, there's one. It's like Sleeping Beauty had a 55th anniversary. Like there's the. Yeah. yeah, the special anniversary. So seeing as we own this on VHS, I just want to say it was not one that got put in the VHS player all that often. No, and it's great. It's a great story. Good themes. I really, really hated boys and men as a kid. Absolutely hated And because it was a boy lead and it didn't matter that Jasmine was a part of it and she was not the primary, like, focal point, I never wanted to watch this film. Okay. Keep in mind, like, there's also other underlying issues with myself as being a kid. I was terrified of my uncle. You also ended up with a male classroom teacher in grade two and he freaked you out. Yeah. Yeah. So... When I said last week I haven't seen this movie in a really long time, I'm being very honest, thinking probably haven't seen this since I was like five or six years old and really could not tell you much about the story, not to mention I knew that A Whole New World was a part of it, but I couldn't tell you any other songs, but watching it, It just was like the most bizarre experience because everything felt so familiar as if I had seen it over and over again because the chase scene that happens like when you're introduced to Aladdin, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, holy smokes, this is this is this movie. I like it just triggered memories. Okay. And like the man laying on the nail, the nail bed. I just remember being so obsessed with people laying on nail beds as a kid. I'm like, well, why do people do that? Now as an adult, yeah, why do people do that besides like the art of entertainment value or just science? Don't you remember we learned about this in we took summer classes and we had we did the English and then we would go yeah. do was it art? I think it was art. Yes. But he also taught science yes. while we did the English and he did the science and then he explained to us how that works. Yeah. And he made it work with balloons instead. They flipped over ta- a table and stood on a table with balloons because if you have one. Yeah. The four, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> but like there was just like little scenes that came up that I thought this has been buried in my head and obviously I haven't seen it in so long that when scenes would come up. I just felt flashback to being in our old family room and sitting on the ground. Yeah, that's the other thing. We had a family room, never sat on the couch to watch movies. Sat as fucking close as I could to the TV. Don't know why. Didn't need glasses. You needed glasses. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I sat close to the TV because I couldn't see shit. (laughs) And mom was always like, you're going to ruin your eyes. I was like, woman, I can't even see the TV. (laughs) I'm sitting close because I'm actually making my eyesight worse by being like, what? Wait, what's happening? And I remember I hated, I hated whatever like uh, sports were on the TV, football, hockey, like dad would watch. And I'd be like, I cannot see the, like the ball or the puck. It does not exist on that screen. I see people moving around and their dots moving around on that screen. In all fairness, if you do think back to the quality of TVs back then, yeah, you can't see the puck. The soccer ball is a bit of a different situation, but the puck Yes, but like 
my eyesight is I know bad like yeah. the thickness of my glass I cannot see yeah so <laughs> I just like had little flashbacks of watching Aladdin I also I can picture perfectly the purple blue with the gold writing on the side of the VHS the VHSs were in alphabetical order so I'm pretty sure it sat next to Beauty and the Beast and always went for Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah it just was a different experience watching this film and having childhood feelings and deja vu kind of creeping up, but it wasn't deja vu, but it was because deja vu triggers me when I smell things. Do you get that? Like smell will set me off more than anything else. So that was kind of my viewing experience with this. I don't know. So when we, because dad asked us which movie it was, and he, we said Aladdin. He didn't really make it much of a comment. I don't think he's ever seen, but Aladdin is a Broadway musical, and they do see broad. So I'm, I guess he would be familiar with the story. I don't think he's ever seen it. Not the DVD, but I mean the story. <laughs> Sorry, not the movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, this is a retelling of. Arabian Nights or a snippet of it, but it's also a um it's a cross between two different stories. Yeah, and it it's I believe it's like the extension of a story of like what would have happened. Yes. If the story continued on or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me. No, that's fine. When was the last time you've seen this film? As a kid? No, I'm pretty sure I watched it with a friend when I was like 15 or 16 because I remember putting the VHS into like the TV that had the the VHS attached to the TV. Yeah, that that used to be my TV in my room. Yeah. And then it became mine and I, I watched it. Yeah. I watched it with Aaron. Yeah. That's who I watched it with. But yeah. Gotcha. I. And I just remember being like, oh, cool. This cool music. Great. But I will say there was another a few years later, there was another bout of Disney movie, old Disney movies that I watched. And I know it's the Little Mermaid specific. I did not remember the plot of the Little Mermaid whatsoever. I could probably try to explain it to you. But. I would miss out on some critical points. Yeah. Like there was a, an entire subplot. Yeah. <laughs> and like it drives, it, it just, it has to do with Ursula and like her getting married um, on a boat. Okay. We'll, le- we'll put a pin in that and save it for a little mermaid discussion. But... Yes. But do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Exactly. But it's apparently an important part of the story. Gotcha. Anywho, so Aladdin or re, re, re-watching Aladdin. I was like, yeah, this, I actually probably could have retold the story. Oh, okay. And it had done pretty well. Okay. Yeah, no, I couldn't. And that's okay. I, I got to watch it instead. I do have a really fun fact because I find it to be quite topical. This film came out November 25th. 1992 30 years tomorrow it was released on black friday yes it is 2022 and tomorrow as we are recording this 
is Black Friday. So 30 years tomorrow, this film came out. I just was like, whoa, that's cool. So coincidental as to like when this has all been pulled out. Its budget was $28 million and it grossed worldwide $504 million. It is the first animated film to surpass $200 million at the box office, which later would be beat by The Lion King a year later. It did win two Oscars for Best Original Song and Original Score. It was unable to be nominated for Best... I'm going to not describe this well, but I guess Original Screenplay might be what it is, but I don't think that is it. Because it came from a play, I believe, or something. Anyways, what had happened was because Robin Williams went so far off script and ad-libbed most of his... It it was no longer able to to be nominated for best screen play. play. I don't know if that's the right category, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Best adapted screenplay. Yeah, there we go. And to which for that... Robin Williams improvised so much, he had 16 hours of material. And I thought, 16 hours? That's not that much. And then I thought even more, hang on. He, how, yeah, how often, like, how, how long's the movie? Yeah. How much does he talk? <laughs> I just thought, like, 16 hours? That's, like, two days of work for a Twitch streamer. Like, you know, <laughs> I just was, like, putting it in such a bizarre box of how I was comparing it. I was I was actually curious about this while watching the movie. I was like, who wrote this? Because there was no one who wrote this these jokes outside of Robin Williams. Like he was given some direction and guidance, but I am so curious what the process looked like of of obviously they had they wrote a script and it had a trajectory as to where we're going. But but how did they get the other voice actors to act back in line of what was going on? And then did they have to reanimate things to fit with what he said? Or like, did oh, he, that's or, a good point. like, how, how did like the ebb and the flow of the creation of the movie even exist with someone who is just ab-libbing so many jokes that yeah. are, that are not... Like the themes of them are not consistent. Like they're they, you're getting thrown all over the place with them. Yeah, and I mean, like even the fact that when they introduced him to like do some test shooting and like running some lines, so he's the street merchant that is at the very start of mm-hmm. the film, and it was completely unscripted, but. When they were doing some test shooting, they weren't able to use anything because all of it was inappropriate for the Disney film because it's a G-rated Disney film. But I then they basically like gave him a sheet and like the sheets basically covered a table full of stuff. And they were like, you're just going to pull off the sheet and start ab-libbing like what it is. And it was basically exactly what the merchant did because mm-hmm. he's just trying to sell anything. And then his wares. Yeah. His, yeah. And then like you cut away and all of a sudden he's like, whoa, 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 like, where are you going? Like there, here's this lamp and I'm going to tell you all about this lamp. And I think I didn't realize, obviously, at the time as a kid that it was the same voice as the genie. 
But when, <laughs> as an adult watching this, it was like, well, we're going to have a full circle moment. We didn't. They were supposed to, but it ended up because of the direction of the story it just wasn't necessary. Oh, it seemed like it because at the end, it's the genie that goes, oh, made you look. Because it's the genie telling the story. It's a retelling of his story. Exactly. I will I will say, like, Robin Williams having to pull off a, like, the sheet get pulled off and he has to ad-lib and be a merchant and sell his wares. Improvise. Yeah, he, yes. But, like, that's what I'm getting to is he is incredible at that. And if you ever want to watch great episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyways, watch the episodes that he's on because I it bet. is, like, he... Barnon was a incredible guest on the show yeah, and like great comedian and just was like, and yes, like he just kept going. Yeah. And he's so quick. There's no stopping. He can just keep going. Sorry, I messed up. I didn't mean to say and yes, I meant yes and. Sorry, that's like the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the phrase. I was like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I thought you were saying and yes, he can do no, it. No, <laughs> no. Yes and and you just keep going. <laughs> I read this and I kind of had already put it all together, but I enjoyed this more when it was explicitly stated. So production designer Richard van der Wend used a color scheme for the film. Blue equal good, red equal bad, yellow equal neutral. And I picked up on the red right away because Jafar and um, Iago are thematically always surrounded by red, even though themselves are red as well. But I didn't necessarily pick up on blue being good but i then can see that because just because i'm not i'm not even going to put in the fact that like jasmine is wearing something blue it's how blue the foreground and background of the palace all was that was kind of really evident in that and then the scenes where jafar the dad i don't know his name Um, are inside the palace that is a bit more neutral and yellow and so like there is that kind of telltale signs of all of that so I picked up on the red right away and thematically I really appreciated it and so last night I watched this a few nights ago and then last night I decided to put the DVD back in and sit back and rewatch a couple of scenes and try to pick up on it a bit more and I definitely think it's a bit more evident And I think it's like a more interesting way to watch the film as it like slowly tells a different story. I guess like it's a different way to watch the film in a more artistic approach rather than just like story. Because even without the music, you can then see how, let's say like you're watching it and it's completely muted. You then have a beautiful way of figuring out this man is evil and these are the good guys mm-hmm. without even having to have any commentary about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, m- my first note was nothing to do with music or script or anything that was going on. My first note was based on animation. It was, I love the mix of 2D and 3D animation. Yeah, I, I think that was the other thing that I missed on my first watch. I was I was taking too many notes, I felt like, in this film And it really took away from my experience. I didn't have time to watch the entire film again last night. I watched 
40 minutes of it. And that was on top of watching the bonus features. features. So I did it about an hour and a half. I watched, I could have watched the film again had I not done the bonus features. And that 45 minute watch, I was definitely more immersive in it. Whereas the first watch through, I felt very cut off. And so there were certain scenes that would come up and I felt bored. And I think it had to do with, I lost my immersive. And because I was always writing, I then felt lost. And I was like, I'm not really into this film. Mm -hmm. But my second time, it was a bit better. Speaking of DVD bonus features, because there were two discs. (laughs) Were there? (laughs) Yeah, there's a Blu-ray and a DVD. Oh. Yeah, so it's a two-disc version. Oh, I just, sorry, you said it's Blu-ray, so I just assume it's only Blu-ray. No. I watched the DVD because I was like, oh, I don't really want to fuss with the Blu-ray. So I did the bonus features on the DVD. And then it was like 1030 last night. And I was like, okay, it's all done. And I look at the back of the film and I was like, I didn't watch any of that. I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, it's on the Blu-ray version. Oh no. So there is actually a lot and I didn't get to it. And I'm a bit sad because it's like unboxing Aladdin, explore hidden secrets in Disney channels, Joey Bragg. I don't know what that is. Outtakes, recordings, bring the genie to life. Like I think there's games on this. Genie 101, Aladdin creating the Broadway magic, Disney song selection and more so they didn't even describe what i watched that was all on the blu-ray yikes so what i watched and i (laughs) only thought this was my bonus features that i had to deal with were the deleted songs and the deleted scenes that's all i thought i had oh okay there were four songs that they went through for the deleted songs the first one is called proud of your boy It's about apologizing to Aladdin's mom. Aladdin's mom used to be a part of this film before it went through a huge rewrite. That's what I was going to say. Who? (laughs) But because Aladdin's mom got cut from the story, the song no longer had a place. Mm. It was a tough choice for them. There was a writer or composer or both. I can't remember. It was very unclear at the time. But anyways, he was attached to the project and it seems as though he suddenly died. Mm. And what had happened was he had written a bunch of these songs with his really good friend with him. And so cutting some of these songs that he had written was very, very tough on the crew. And they ultimately had to go that direction because it didn't suit the story or it didn't follow the story anymore because it had completely changed. The next one was You Can Count On Me and it was Aladdin singing to Abu. So it was kind of speaking to their friendship. The next one was Humiliate the Boy. And what had happened was the wishes had changed. So originally when you found the lamp, it, it seemed as though it was unlimited amount of wishes. Oh, not three. Okay. And so this was called Jafar and Iago's kind of bit together. I don't know why I say called, but they sang it together. And it was about revealing 
Aladdin's identity in front of Jasmine. And so that's the idea of like humiliate the boy. Okay. The last one was why me? And it's Jafar's moment to shine. Um, he's kind of getting up all, all upset about like all the things that he's done for the king. And he's like, when is it my day that like, why me? And that was like one of the very first songs that was a part of it. And they just felt as though he was a bit too nasty and they had to kind of like bring him down a peg. Then we jumped into deleted scenes. The first one was called Aladdin and Jasmine's First Meeting. It was a really cute first meeting. And I'm a bit sad that it kind of got changed. And I'm really happy I got to see it. I really want to compliment that hand drawings for these were incredible. Oh, I'm sure. And it is interesting because... Puss and Boots was one that I was talking about where like things were really loose and it was purely suggestive. Whereas this seemed suggestive, but someone had really good control of their handwork and very like, I could look at it and like, yeah, that person probably spent like four minutes on it, but it was like still quite clean and quite tight. Yeah. Whereas like Puss and Boots. It, it was, was very like, like loosely drawn or like a, yeah. a very quick sketch. And I have to say like that has to be because of the digital era coming in. You're losing that hand to pen uh, oh, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really interesting to see these hand-drawn animations that had limited color or absolutely no color and you perfectly could get what was going on so after being chased at the beginning this is aladdin he ends up hiding in a palm tree from the uh just like from across the palace wall and abu ends up sneaking in and gets the prince's attention and so i'm going to describe this as best as i can but Aladdin's still in the tree and he's holding on to Abu's um, tail and he's marionetting Abu speaking and he's speaking to Jasmine that way. And so obviously got cut because he then was talking to her and she then like, how? Was she, was he she, talking to her? As, as if she was the princess. Okay. Exactly. Rather than her having hidden her identity. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so that was like where the biggest change came from. And they basically didn't like this because they then wanted Aladdin to fall in love with her for who she was rather than just being the princess, which is like what ends up happening. And I think that's a bit more truthful to their characters. Mm -hmm. The next one was Aladdin in the lap of luxury. So he's getting ready to marry Jasmine and his mom is there with him. The genie is kind of involved at this and his mom is a bit disappointed because he's not being truthful about who he is. Mm. So you can see like where the other song had come in about being like proud of me. Yeah. Because he then like turns around. So this is also he's. Aladdin's quite nasty to the genie because of how many promise or not not promises, wishes he gets. Aladdin snaps back. I will eventually let you go because. Um, Yeah, that's what he had said. And so because they cut down to three wishes, that ultimately got changed. But anyways, that's all I watched on the DVD portion. And then there 
is a lot more on the Blu-ray, which I completely <laughs> miss. There's tons of IMDb facts out there. I picked out the ones that I thought were quite interesting. I do like and know that Robin Williams had a big issue with Disney because they he didn't want them to basically capitalize on his voice. And I guess that had to do with he was a big name, but he didn't want to be monetized. And so he took the lowest amount of pay that he possibly could for this. He didn't want any merchandise linked to him using his voice. And ultimately what had happened was he was a big feature on the cover of all the artwork he took over 50 percent and he was very upset because he felt as though the story was about aladdin it was not called the genie Mm -hmm. and so he ended up burning that relationship and it wasn't until like seven years later where it all got fixed and then he agreed to come back and work on the second direct to vhs release because there is aladdin 2 which he was not a part of and then there was a third one. And then the other thing to keep in mind is there was the Aladdin TV series that was on Disney Family Channel for us. Do you remember that at all? Nope. I do, but I don't remember anything about it. I just remember it was on. I didn't even know there was a TV series until I looked up the facts for this. And I was like, was that even on? But I guess, I mean, you said it was, so. I think you were really young nor did you really care. Well, it, I mean, issue. it came out in 1992, so. Well, not the TV series. The TV series was later. Yeah, but what, probably 95? Yeah, I think it was, exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. And I believe there was a Aladdin Sega video game. I don't know why I didn't fact check this, so I could be completely wrong, but I feel like there was a Aladdin video game and it was platformer. Or I'm just making this up. I can only think of the uh, Lion King one. Yeah, which I remember that one. I'm going to quick do a, a, a goggle. Quick goggle check. Okay, I was not wrong. There is a Sega one, and I wonder if it was Lisa's Sega yeah, that probably. I remember. Yeah. That's what it is, because that would have been in her yeah. generation. And it was, I'm not wrong. It is a platformer. That's not the right image I pulled up it's this one <laughs> i you i know you won't recognize it i only it. can think of um her having was the lion king one or playing for one. the computer though no nope, that one was a sega oh i didn't know that mm-hmm. i have two notes on You've, this movie okay what are the two notes well, i've already read one of them was i love the mix of 2d and 3d animation and this really came apparent was when they're going when Aladdin's going in to get the um, the lamp the for the genie and the lion, the way that's animated versus Aladdin is animated. Mm-hmm. 3D animation was new in that time era. And I the, after that, I noticed a lot of the background was typically animated different than how the characters were. The background, in my opinion, felt hand-drawn. Yeah, not digital. Yes, yes, but also some of the clouds. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I'm thinking um Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm thinking like sky oh, okay. and like the sand. Um, yeah. and like it, it I thought, "Oh, this is really cool." Um and I lost a little bit of immersion into the story cuz I was just purely watching the the art. Yeah. And then I was curious about 
how many animators worked on this, how animators work together. Are they only in charge of a small little snippet of scene? Is there someone that is like in charge of the characters throughout the entire piece and someone's in charge of the back? Like I was like, how does this all work? Because the last little chunk of it, when they're flying off, it felt like it was animated by someone else. Gotcha. Then, like it just like the style of it. So different. you felt it felt it a little just disjointed at times. Slightly, but I still thought it was great because you're seeing so many different pieces of art. Yeah. So I was I, I loved it. Yeah. I I think I can add to that because in the bonus features, the scene for one thing that they were describing that the potentially was going to happen that got cut was they would have to animate a new room. And so the time that it would take to do all of that outweighed the decision of, well, we can make this happen mm -hmm. elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. So yeah, you could be right that certain teams were in charge of certain areas and then they own that. And then everything else kind of was cohesive as best as it could throughout. There were a few trailers, but not many. The first one was Disney Movies Anywhere. It is an app. It's pre-Disney Plus. You can buy your Disney movies on the app and take it anywhere. Now cool. you don't have to. When did what when did the 2015? This is 2015? Yeah. So Disney Plus isn't really that old when you think about it. Oh goodness. It came out in like 2020, 2019. Yeah. It's very, very new. Yeah. Coming to theaters in 2015 was The Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen it, have you? No, I haven't. Can't comment on it. No. The next one was coming out on Blu-ray and DVD or just advertisement for it, one of the two, Inside Out. We saw that in movie theaters. We did. I cried. I also cried. And I remember... <laughs> Such a mom comment for coming from her when we when we left the film. She's like, "How was that a kids movie?" <laughs> and I get she's not wrong. <laughs> that is such a mom comment. Oh my goodness, mom! A lot of the stuff they said went over children's heads. They just saw bright, fun, colored images and uh, the different pieces. But it was not a kids movie. You're right. <laughs> Most children's movie, if you go back and rewatch it, you're like, huh, okay. There's a lot that a child is not understanding here. Which was this film with like Robin Williams, like having very well, specific lines. And jokes, yeah, that you would have to, <laughs> yes, you would have to make inferences, which means you need prior knowledge to do so. Yeah. So anytime Inside Out comes up, I think of that <laughs> line and like, it's not one that we own. So it's not one we're going to have to watch, which is fine. But I know she didn't buy it because she thought it wasn't a kid's movie. Yeah, probably. It was good, though. It's great. It is a very great, good film. Great film. I think it's one of those films that is perfect for a kid to watch it, to be entertained, for the things to go over their head. And then all of a sudden, one day when they rewatch it 15 years later, later they're like, oh, my God. That's How like, yeah, watching Shrek 2. I was like, wow, there's yeah. a lot of jokes in here. Well, same thing with Shrek 1. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also with The Lion King, too. That also has some jokes that went over my head. I have not seen The Lion King in years. Probably could retell that story, but haven't seen it. Well, we'll one day see it. 
The next one was Blu-ray DVD again. I'm thinking it's not to own, but anyways, Tomorrowland was the other one. That was a big flop. That has George Clooney. Clooney. I believe so. And it also has another girl that I like one of her films, but I can't think of who she is. But she was also a part of that. I watched it. Apparently it flopped. And I don't remember it. But I do remember watching it and being like, I want to know what this is all about. And I watched it and nothing stuck. So there you go. And the final one, which I think is. I. I'm not against this, but I would like to know why it's in here. How to quit smoking. (laughs) (laughs) What? Oh, I'm about to say the dumbest thing ever. Are you ready? Yeah. Look what's in front of us. Oh, yeah. It's there. <laughs> we didn't get rid of it. I knew we didn't get rid of it. I, yeah, I was like, <laughs> and would be weird if we did. Okay, sorry. How to quit smoking. How to quit smoking. I don't really, because it's been like five days since I watched this film, but I wrote this down and I remembered that I need to talk about this because... It was basically leading you to a website on how you can quit smoking, which I'm not against, but I just was thinking, how is this the age demographic that we're like trying to aim this towards kids? Or is it because... And, and kids back then are now adults who are showing it to exactly. their children and they're the ones watching exactly. it? Could be, yes. That but was like, my other thinking thought. That just seems so... I know. <laughs> a little left field. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then the movie starts. And it starts off with Arabian Nights. And we're in Agrabah. And the, I have a note saying the merchant breaks the fourth wall. Of course he does. Because he's the narrator. Yeah. And the genie often breaks the fourth... Like he breaks it at the end of the movie too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I... Really liked his little merchant bit. I enjoyed his little uh, Tupperware container and his thing that breaks. And he's like, oh, we're not going to talk about this. And then he pulls out the lamp. And I decided to think, well, why is this called a lamp? So I Googled this. And guess what? Someone asked this on Reddit 10 years ago. And it was perfect because someone honestly asked, why is it called a lamp in Aladdin? And those shapes used to actually be a lamp and the oil would go in the the part part, and and the flame would be and then you hold it. And then obviously, so that was a lamp generally in Middle Eastern cultures, Africa and Asia. And then someone had figured out how to make up the lamps that we see in, um, I guess, Europe, where European it's culture, yeah, okay. yeah, the uh, kerosene lamp is, yeah, kerosene lamp. I've never thought. I always thought, yep, that's a lamp. I've never I, thought. I've I wanted never to know thought, how it worked. Never thought to question. It goes, okay, somewhere that's a lamp. That must be a lamp. They're educating me about something. So if I ever saw one of those, I could say that's a lamp. Okay, but like I, <laughs> when he said that it was a lamp, I was like, huh. Like, I was, like, questioning this. It was like, I'm sorry, what? That That's a lamp? And I just was like, no, that's a teapot. And I was like, no, it's not a teapot. <laughs> like, I just, I was so against it because I just couldn't fathom 
how it worked until obviously I did my own research to figure out like the theory behind it. But I honestly paused the film and I was just like, what kid who doesn't have Google in 1992 is going to be like, oh, I would have just thought they were teaching me something new and that is a lamp. But then I wanted I, that. That's my thing, though. They didn't show you how the lamp work. Because it's a lamp for a genie. It's not a lamp for light. Fine. Anyways, we'll move on. We meet Jafar. He has a little beetle bug. He puts it together. We chase it in the sand dunes. And then he tries to put the thief in the lion's mouth or the... Yeah, yeah lion's mouth. Lion's like mouth. the cave thingy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the it's not the right thief. It's not the right diamond in the rough. I think that's what they say. And uh, he gets his pieces back and he turns around and he's like, okay. Speaking of which, the lamp is in the uh, <laughs> the cave. I should also mention that. That's why Jafar wants to go in there. Yeah, touch nothing but the lamp. Okay. Why does Jafar want the lamp? He um, wants just three wishes? Yeah. Okay. Because he wants to be the king. Yeah. Okay. I figured he's, that- heard ab- he's heard about this mystical item. He's on this life journey and quest to find it so that he can pursue whatever future he wants gotcha and then we meet our character aladdin who is modeled after tom cruise and he is, is running wait is voice acted by a man the boy in fuller not fuller full house no he's in fuller house he's also in fuller house i, I thought so. i didn't watch fuller house but he's in full house which guy he's the boyfriend of um the eldest daughter Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. If you hear the voice, you'll be like, uh-huh. And there's an episode where they make fun of him and they dress him up like Aladdin. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure it's near the tail end of the... Yeah, the voice actor of Aladdin was in Full House. Didn't know that. I knew Fuller House. I looked at his credits because it was just like, what did this guy do, Ben? You've seen it. I know, but I oh, haven't seen Aladdin. I swear you told me this fact. No. So you're like, did you know he voice acted Aladdin? I was like, oh, that is his voice. No? Okay. That's not me. Hmm. So Aladdin's running through the streets. He's a wanted outlaw. (laughs) He's not really an outlaw. No. He's, they they call him a thief. And uh, we then meet Jasmine and she keeps rejecting future husbands she's supposed to marry before her 21st birthday and uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's her 21st or 18th one of the two (laughs) big big difference here but uh we then find out that jafar is a disciple to the king or the sultan i I believe he's the sultan. sultan yeah and uh he convinces him to give him the ring in order to find out who the diamond in the rough is. We find out that Aladdin is the diamond in the rough. Jasmine, who's had enough of her life in the palace and wants to know what the real world actually hosts, ends up escaping or leaving in the middle of the night. And she runs into Aladdin and Aladdin ends up saving her. They go off on a little adventure and they kind of have a moment together where they're talking about how they want things, but they want opposite things, but they don't realize that they're talking about wanting opposite things because he obviously doesn't know she's the princess and she wants adventure and he wants security and 
So I guess that makes them compatible. <laughs> oh my god, your face was so funny when you you said that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. And uh, they ended up they end up getting captured or caught, I should say. And the guards have been requested by Jafar to put Aladdin in jail. It's then revealed that she was the princess all along and he can't believe his eyes. And when he's in the jail, this little crickety old man approaches him and he's like, I can get you out and promise you all the riches in the world if you can go and retrieve the lamp for me. And he's like, yeah, no problem. I can go do this for you. And he takes a little back door. Meanwhile, Abu also has joined him. I should also mention Abu is Aladdin's monkey. If you haven't seen this film before, please stop listening and watch the film. (laughs) I should also mention that. (laughs) I'm telling it like someone has already seen this film. And uh, we go back to the cave and the crickety old man says... Don't touch anything but the lamp. And so Aladdin goes in. Question. Does the rug mean nothing? I was curious about that too. I'm not too sure. Or is it... They don't touch the rug though until after they touch the lamp and then Abu has touched something else and then the rug touches them. So like things are already falling apart by the time they touch the rug. But the rug never deceased into lava like everything else. Was the other kind of weird iffy point because all the gold and everything else I'm kind of... curious is if because they touched it, it stays. Yeah, or... Because, I mean, also the lamp didn't. But also the genie said hi to the rug. So I'm like, are they... Fr- like? Because there's that like relationship, we're getting really nitpicky. I like. I don't I understand. know. Maybe some of the furniture and the the uh, not furniture, not apparel, not knickknacks. I don't know. Maybe some of the treasures in there like to hang out together, and it's Toy Story in there, and we oh, don't okay. know. Okay, yeah, fair point. Anyways, so the rug is playing a little trickety trick game on a boo, and. It doesn't, like, they don't know that the rug is following them. To be fair, we also don't know the genie's prior owner and how the um, lamp ended up in there in the first place. That was my other question. Whose riches and wealth that's inside of this lion's mouth, um, we don't know. And maybe it's the prior owner and they deceased in there and there's some evil curse that's been put upon them. So that's why the genie and the rug know each other. Yeah. So they make their way through the tunnel and Aladdin goes and approaches the lamp. Stop. Here's my second note. And this is all about the carpet because they did the carpet so well. They gave a character like they gave that carpet. Oh, yeah. Character. Personality. Of course. And it doesn't say a single thing. Yeah. And it's so lovely to watch. Yeah. Like, but that's what I'm saying. If you with the color of everything, you can turn everything off and still understand this. Film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like it was a mime. Like it it played it. It was and it was funny. Like it was making jokes. Yeah. Didn't say a single thing. Yeah. Great. And Love that. so then Aladdin touches the lamp. Meanwhile, um, Mr. Abu 
he's all about touching the things and he decides to touch a little gem gem and the and la- not, not the lamp the uh the carpet freaks out uh and is trying to stop abu from touching anything and then the whole cave turns into uh lava and they start running out and the rug saves them up until the point where then uh they got f- thrown thrusted kind of out of the cave but not completely out of the cave and it's the whole situation of what are you going to do when you're holding on to a cave ledge with your upper body strength and the crickety old man is telling you give me the lamp aladdin why but Meanwhile, Mr. Rug is squashed beneath a boulder. Poor, poor little rug. And Aladdin is Abu like, is free, though. Abu is free. That's correct. Abu is on uh, Crickety Old Man and uh, pulls out the lamp and hands it. And he's like, ha ha, it's the, my lamp. And he's all excited. And he's he kind of like walks away. And then the monkey bites his arm with the lamp. Well, we don't know that the monkey has the. I mean, he bites his arm. It's a distraction. He takes the lamp well, and goes yeah, back yeah, yeah. to Aladdin. And then uh, they fall. Aladdin hits his head as he's falling down the cave. If this was real life, he would be dead. And uh, but then again, this is animation, and there's a freaking flying carpet. So <laughs> the flying carpet gets free and a genie. Yeah, I know. But I just like when he lands into the cave and he's like, ow, my head. I'm like, you should be fucking bleeding. <laughs> like I, like the second watch, you see his head just whack on the side of the cave. And I just was like, I've gone rock climbing. If you take a whip from like three feet, you can get really hurt. This guy fell like 40 feet down a cave. Again, it's animated. So it's all it's all fine. It's all fine. So then uh the old uh something's written on this uh, little lampy lamp and he rubs it and the genie comes flying out. We then get Robin Williams' second uh comedy bit. We also get a sing song from Robin Williams and uh gets kind of tricked into releasing his first wish. Speaking of which, there's three wishes, and uh they escape, but as Aladdin says, like, I didn't explicitly ask no, for a wish. He never did. He just said, I bet you you couldn't do that. Yeah. But it gets counted as a wish because the genie's like, it it doesn't? I thought it did. What's the first wish then? Becoming a king. Mm-hmm. What's the second wish? Oh, I thought it didn't. Maybe I'm crazy. Because I remember, like... The second, or the, for the third wish, they were all concerned because he had pro- he promises to release the genie. To make, oh, it's to save him from drowning. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so it didn't count. No, no. Aladdin convinced him, like, I never, and then the genie's like, you can't do that one again. Or all of a sudden, it's going to count as a wish. Okay. Yeah. So they escape. The first wish becomes Aladdin wanting to become a king because Jasmine can only marry a king and he wants to marry her. He's figured out that they are compatible and he wants to marry her and uh he dresses him up he's got a new name they do a sing song down the street they meet and then he takes her on a flying magic carpet ride singing a whole new world together they fly all across the world i zoned out i really don't like this song oh okay. this is my one song that i really don't like oh okay controversial i know I don't remember what's from there because now I've kind of like caught up to my second watch. Jafar is upset 
Uh, oh, that's this... right. Oh, crickety old man was Jafar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot that bit, really. Spoiler. <laughs> um, Jafar is upset because Aladdin is not, is like now taking the position because he ended up with the lamp um, and yeah, crickety yeah. old man Jafar wanted the lamp. Yeah. And he has this plot to now marry Jasmine, but Aladdin's existence kind of spoils and ruins that. And when they go on their magic carpet ride, some words are exchanged between Jasmine and Aladdin. And Jasmine's like, stop. You're not like you're 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 lying to me. I know who you are. You're Aladdin, the, the person that I met when we were doing the thing. Like, like, who are you really? And there's that exchange. And she's like, stop lying to me. And he's like, no, but like. I, I am a, a prince or whatever. And she's like, okay, whatever. And the genie just keeps being like, tell her the truth. Tell her the truth. Just tell her the truth. How does Aladdin end up trapped in water is my next question. How did um, that happen? Uh, what's his name? Jafar. Jafar. I know that much, but like how? Like where did he get put in this situation? I'm- I can just picture him sinking in water. He, oh, struggling. he gets arrested. And then the genie ends up saving him. Yeah, yeah. So he gets arrested. And then the king finds out Jafar was against him. And Jasmine is to marry Aladdin. But Aladdin is now not to exist. And Jafar is like, well, I'll marry her. Mm-hmm. Cut to Aladdin showing up at the palace. <laughs> yeah. And not being dead. And then... Um, Jafar ends up getting the lamp. And he's the master of the genie. And he wishes for something that... The genie cannot grant. There's three things he can't do, and I can only remember two of them. He can't wish to make someone fall in love with you. He can't wish for to like kill someone for someone's death. Yeah. And he can't wish for to bring someone back from the dead. Those are the three things he cannot do. And Jafar wishes for one of the things that he can't do, which is to make Jasmine fall in love. And the genie's like, oh, I can't do that. And then Jasmine j- pretends to be in love with Jafar. Yeah, Jafar to like play this game, and then that only locks or worse uh, works for so long. Aladdin goads him Jafar into making a wish about being more like powerful than the genie, and the only way to be more powerful than the genie is to become a genie yourself. Yeah, and then he gets ends up being caught inside his own lamp. Yep, and then Aladdin wishes for the genie to be free. Free. And so then the genie ends up being freed. Dad ends up saying that the law is the problem and she can marry whoever she pleases. And we have a happy ending. And that's really the end of Aladdin. It's great. It has some good values in it. And it has some very intelligent characters, I would say. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so I have a problem with Jasmine. And it's not her character per se. I had a really hard time liking her voice acting. I didn't feel as though it matched her. I hate to say I agree. There was something off and I was like, hmm, I didn't mind her singing. Okay, but it's a different singer. I thought her singing was wonderful, but I felt like the voice acting did not match Aladdin's and the genies. Yeah, I felt as though it was... I'm a 13-year-old girl rather than just... It was really, yeah, weak for um, a character who is like all about female empowerment. I don't need to to get married. I want to go explore the world. Yeah. 
It, yeah. I'd agree. I Every time she had a line, I felt kind of a bit of a disconnect. And, yeah, thank you. It, it definitely felt disconnected to her herself, but also the drawing. Like, it felt like something was slightly off. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Yeah. And it's no offense to no. the voice actress. I no. think, like, she was given the role and she acted well. I think just the voice was not there for me. I did interrupt you on something else, but I don't know if you remember what you were going to say. So we can... No, I just pulled a note out of my pocket. That's really important. It shouldn't be in my pocket. Okay. Well, we can jump into rating then. What is your story rating? I gave it a four. Okay. I gave it a three and a half. Oh, okay. And music. I gave it a 4.5. I was singing along to all the songs. I really do enjoy it. I gave it a four. I really don't like it. A whole new world, as I've already previously mentioned. I was re-listening to the soundtrack this week because I didn't know any of the other songs. And every time I got to A Whole New World, it was skippity skip. But then I got pulled into other stuff for work that I never got past that song. So I'm very familiar with the front half of the film. And I do think it is really solid, but I'm still not going to change my four. Scenes and locations. I gave it a four. I was I was very captivated by the drawing. And again, like I said, I was watching the animation and the artwork at times over the story. I give it a three and a half out of five. I think it falters due to my watching experience, not necessarily the film itself. Because my score is based off of my first experience and I felt that disconnect, I wasn't drawn in as much as watching it last night. I'm going to stick with 3.5 because my overall score is like still quite good. But I... Won't disagree with you just hit yourself in the face with your pen. Yes, and then I hit the mic because I freaked out. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think it's like necessarily um, a bad like animated film. For 30 years later, I still think it holds up beautifully. Your overall. 8.3. Mine's 7.3. IMDb has it at 8. Okay. So we're pretty close. You're a little bit closer. I'm not really any lower than what other pro people would probably have. Do we keep this Blu-ray DVD? Hell yeah. So you can watch the rest of the bonus features. <laughs> I'm not watching the rest of the <laughs> bonus features, but I am okay keeping it. My gripe with DVDs that are Blu-rays they're shorter. Yeah, they don't look very nice in the shelf, but they are smaller. So if we change the entire collection that we end up with and we switch them all to Blu-rays, then we'll have an even smaller space to put all the the collection that we decide to keep in the end, right? And wait until we hit the TV DVD podcast that we will be releasing in uh, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and try to shrink that collection. Honestly, we better only watch the first and last episode of the season. <laughs> that would be, yeah, I know. And like, great if we've seen it before. If we have not seen it, <laughs> awful, <laughs> awful. Because man, just trying to get through Gilmore Girls right now, made it onto season four. Sorry, I'm gonna actually jump back. Finished um, Rings of Power, which is the Lord yeah, of the Rings. I called it the Fellowship, Fellowship of which the is, Ring, which is the first one. Yeah, which I then when I was listening and editing, I was like, I should probably put a, a little disclaimer in there that I, I no, I okay. didn't. 
I know it was Rings of Power, and I'm embarrassed that I called it Fellowship of the Ring. And I agreed with you because I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, two weeks later, you're now getting a correction from the both of us. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Um, I guess the uh, storyline pretty quickly, actually, of what they were trying to do with characters. And I was like, oh, OK, that's it. Um, so I was happy with that. Um, Gilmore Girls uh, on season four, one of the last good seasons, I'd say, uh, before it all goes to poop. And that's it. What are you watching? What am I watching? Oh, I finished Veronica Mars. Okay. Two weeks ago. We didn't talk about TV last week because we watched Capote and that took a while, but it's not a big deal. Anyways. Finished Veronica Mars. I decided, okay, I should finish watching Blockbuster. I finished watching Blockbuster. It was just okay. It just was really nice to have on in the background while I was sewing. Okay, I couldn't get into it. No, I couldn't either. But it was just like something where I was like, you know what? They can just do their thing. Like, I don't really care. But it could have been so good. It could have been, but I also don't know if it really could have been. Yeah, anyways. Then I started watching The Handmaid's Tale, Maiden's Tale. And I'm enjoying it, but it is a watch. It is not a do oh, any yeah, sort of activity yeah. because yeah. everything is uh, visual. <laughs> I've started it. I'm not getting through it really fast because I do activities. Uh, the other thing that I started watching, well, no, I finished watching today while sewing because I finished Blockbuster and puzzling was uh, Fate, the Wink Sega, season two absolutely horrible i paused on the sixth episode because they were doing their big inspirational speech the seventh one of the entire season and i just paused and i was like i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> it just it pulls me out and i'm like which fucking teenage show like for like veronica mars didn't do this the fucking vampire diaries didn't do shit like that. I can't handle we're going to rally the troops and we're going to defeat them all like cheerleader style seven times through a fucking season. And I just I wanted it off my like Netflix watch. So it was like it was like, hey, fine, I'll just get it done. So it's like done. And I'm not picking up season two. Thank you for that <laughs> review. I appreciate it. It is on my to watch list and I'm not going to continue it because I had the feeling that that is what the show is going to be like. Because, I mean, the first season wasn't all that good. It was just something to watch at the time. Um, but, man, it, it like it could have had good potential. And I'm what is the show that uh, Shadow and Bone? Yes. It's so good. Yes. And I was hoping for another show like that. I... I think it had potential and I just can't really, I think the girls really work together. I think it is the lines, essentially, the writing. Yeah. The writing thank yeah. you. Um, and the music in season two was very good. I really liked the music. Every time like something came on, I was like, oh, I actually want to find out this song. That hasn't happened in a while, which is really nice. And then I'm embarrassed to announce and admit I was home alone here I was watching the dogs and I was doing sewing and I just was really frustrated because I didn't know what to watch. And I went diving into the TV DVDs because I wanted to play something on that tiny TV with a little Xbox. And I'm having a hard time because 
the Xbox doesn't really like to play Netflix. It keeps telling me it wants to update. There's nothing to update. So I just put TV, like DVDs in it. We're not allowed to watch any of the movies that are on the list. So that eliminated the entire DVD collection. I was like, well, I can't watch a movie or I'll have to pick something we've already watched. Well, we haven't watched enough movies to put that in a pool and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this one again. So I had the overwhelming choice of what do I watch that is low commitment and will entertain me, but also like kind of make me laugh. But also, I haven't seen in a really long time. You are not going to guess what I picked. I know. This is why I'm sitting here with whatever look is on my face because I'm desperately trying to figure out and so curious what it was. 2004. Is it reality? It is reality. (laughs) Is it Laguna Beach or the Hills? Oh, my goodness. I literally, before I asked reality, I was like, it was Laguna Beach or the Hills. It has to be. It's Laguna Beach because I just remember watching this 10 years ago and it was like I watched it in 2014, (laughs) like 10 years after because I wanted to know why people were really into this and like what everything everybody was about it. And like, I hate that I enjoy it, but at the same time, I don't really care. It just was like a piece of time. And I just was like, whatever. So I I had it on in the background as I was sewing. And it's really fucking funny to just watch this 20 years later, essentially. Can I just say one thing about the show that will just kind of break something for you, even though you've already watched it? I know you know it's not like reality TV show for what it is. I've been listening to the podcast with Kristen and Steven all day today. Them breaking down the episodes and finding out what actually was real and what was completely scripted. Okay, but you know how she got the part? Who? Uh, Kristen? Kristen or whatever her name? No. How she got the role? I don't remember. Like, I I was doing work at the same time, so I'm not, like, fully listening. So, obviously, it focuses around... Lauren Conrad. Yeah, Elsie. Yeah. I was going to say Elsie. I couldn't remember her name. Um, It focuses around her. And, like, they... The MTV had already kind of decided that it was yeah. going to go. So, when they were casting other people that went to the, the high school, when she went in, um, Kristen, for her interview and all that, all she said is... <laughs> She basically said, I don't care what the show is about. Just know that I don't like Elsie and like something like that. She just like was like immediately did not like the main lead. And she didn't like her for like valid reasons. They had already had beef or whatever. And Steven was her boyfriend, never Elsie's boyfriend. But they like made it up to be something completely else. Yes and no. Like that's not what I'm hearing on the podcast, I will say. I think what's really fascinating about this is they were only allowed to shoot on Saturdays. They spent nine months filming this entire show. So when they had figured out what storylines they wanted to do, they had to go back in time, fix what they wanted to. So there was a point where Kirsten and... Steven were no longer dating yeah, yeah, and they had to pretend that they were dating to fit the storyline as to like what was happening. Yeah. The other issue was Lauren and Steven were friends and it wasn't as if Kristen and Lauren didn't like each other. They weren't in the same year. Yeah. So that yeah. was the other issue yeah. that they were all running into was these people that they quote unquote all hung out together with. They were just like, We actually didn't. It was because we all got casted on this show that we then had to. And so then it just seems as though 
their fights and their lines are pretty well scripted. Yes. And so, yeah, it just, anyways, I watched it. I was like, and then I found out about the podcast and I was like, okay, well, now it's giving me a reason to like not feel too guilty about watching Laguna Beach. I've never finished The Hills and it has to 100% do with Spencer. I cannot handle that Spencer man. Pratt, yeah. And Heidi. Heidi on her own is fine, but you put the two of them in a room together and they just feed off of each other's like energies and I just, I can't handle it. So yeah, we're going to end that there and move on to picking the movie for next week because I'm now all worked up at (laughs) Laguna Beach. Are you ready to pick the next DVD? It's a Christmas one. It's a Christmas one. It's a Christmas one. It is a Christmas one. There are some good ones. And there's some bad ones. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> and there's some in-betweens. We don't... We get what we get. I just want to preface with... There are some in here where... I have the year attached to the release, but I don't necessarily have it attached to the name. So... Like Miracle on 34th Street. I don't know which version it is until I look it up. Okay. So it might just be like if that is the one that gets selected, we'll reveal next week which (laughs) one it really was. (laughs) So just a big warning if we announce it. I know the only ones that I have labeled were if we had duplicates of them, such as The Grinch, because we have the animated one and the Jim Carrey one. And... um. So that one I will be able to tell you right away which version it is. But other than that, are you ready to go? Yes. Okay, let's say goodbye to Aladdin and move on to... And say hello to... Rudolph Shiny New Year. I'm going to look this... What? So it's stop animation. Like it's the old, like... I'm pretty sure it's stop animation. But it's, I think it's kind of like a sequel to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think so. 1976. Yeah, it's definitely a sequel. Yeah. It has music. It's a sequel. But what if I don't remember the the original? It'll be fine. Okay. It's not like labeled as a sequel sequel, but it, it like plays on that it's a sequel. Oh, it's only an hour? Yeah. Christmas movies are short. If they're animated, we've got ranges from 30 minutes to maybe 90 minutes. Uh, it's not on any streaming platforms. Fun. Which I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to work out what we'll do. We're going to end the podcast there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. A mix of Aladdin and what we are currently watching on TV. I don't think I'm going to continue watching the Laguna Beach. Don't worry about it. I won't be updating you about it. We only have two seasons, though. I'm not going to continue watching it. I'll probably listen to the rest of the podcast, but I'm not going to. Anyways, if you'd like to follow us on any of our social medias, those are linked in the show notes below. If you would like to join us watching the movie next week. You can also do that. It's not on any uh, streaming platform, so. Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) Maybe maybe you can find it somewhere on the internet. (laughs) If you would like to follow along on our long journey over watching about a thousand DVDs, you can follow or subscribe to the podcast. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. (laughs)